Welcome to Fierce Talk Radio, a faith-based podcast created to educate, inspire thought, and invite change. I'm your host, Tara Lene. What's going on? It's your favorite sister in Christ, Tara Lene, back with another episode. And today's episode is going to be a part two. In the first part to this podcast, The Road to Damascus, The Journey of Self-Discovery, I went over what exactly is self-discovery? Why is it a journey? What you have been doing incorrectly this far in your life? What you have been doing to be unsuccessful in passing your unique life test and what you can do to begin your journey towards discovering and learning your authentic self. So if you haven't watched or listened to that episode, be sure to check it out. So in today's episode, I'm going to be going over the three phases of your self-discovery journey. And so phase one is the dark night of the soul. In this phase, we take a trip way back. Phase two of this journey is your self-discovery journey. Here is where we begin to chip away at the layers that you have encompassed yourself around to really hide who you are. Here's where we find your authentic self. And in phase three, this is where you begin to now thrive in your God-given purpose. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So it is important that you know that each phase build on to the next phase so you cannot skip. As I shared before, this is a journey because this process is not an overnight process. So if you cheat yourself, you just cheat yourself. And I'd rather that you treat yourself and not cheat yourself, okay? So give yourself time, invest into yourself so that you can truly tap into who you authentically are. So here in the phase one, the dark nights, we are going to go back to the beginning. In this phase, we are going to address generational curses that has happened within your family's history. And a part of this addressing is acknowledging these things that has happened. Far too often in African Black American families, we like to push things underneath the rug. You know, we like to go about life like certain things didn't happen. And it's in those moments when we ignore the elephant in the room that we create a bigger issue for those whom we claim that we love. And so we go back to uncover it because emotional and spiritual wounds is no different than a cut. When you cut yourself and you, you know, you going through the healing process, what helps you to heal? It's not only the antibiotic ointment, but it's more so the air. The air that allows for the wound to breathe and heal properly is a necessary component in healing. Thus, for uncovering and addressing these issues that you may have 
not been able to talk about because again black families don't like to talk about their mess they like to ignore it and go on as if it never happened or existed however for your healing you have to address those issues that you have not been able to fully address you're also gonna have to accept the abuse the neglect the dysfunction for what it is not to validate these situations or invalidate what you have experienced but to just simply accept that you are unable to change these things that has happened and that you had no control over it and acceptance is just saying okay this is what it is and where do I go from here the next step in this phase and yes we're still in phase one (laughs) y'all this is where you want to do a lot of work so the next step in this phase is forgiveness yes you have to forgive those who have hurt you who have wronged you who have neglected you who have done anything to you that had made you feel vulnerable feel unsafe feel the need to revenge yourself you're gonna have to forgive those people matthew 6 and 14 through 15 reads For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Place an emphasis on the importance of forgiveness. Forgiveness is really for you. It's not so much for those people who have wronged you, who have mistreated you. It's for you. You need to be able to be forgiven. You have done things unknowingly and knowingly based off what has happened to you that has caused you to be in error, in trespassing to another individual, another human being. And so you're going to need to learn how to forgive to free your soul and to open yourself up to be forgiven. The next step in this phase is evaluation. Sit and reflect on how these experiences have affected you emotionally, mentally, and physically. Had these experiences not happened to you, who would you be? How would you be? What would your life be like? Who are you? outside of these experiences. Now, based on these experiences, the next thing you wanna do is observe what maladaptive behaviors did you create or um, use in order for you to get through your life. And if you are unaware of what your maladaptive behaviors are, you can ask three to five people. So simply ask them, tell me about myself. Tell me about my personality. Tell me about my attitude. Tell me about how I am as a friend, a sister, you know, an aunt, um, a mom. Because really our children can tell us a lot about ourselves, right? You want three to five people who are close to you to give you an honest review of yourself and you have to be open to receive what they are saying. And this will work to your benefit. Because what you'll find is that there'll be a a running theme or thread, right? So you will see from five, three to five different people seeing the same thing who have three to five different relationships with you. So these are indicators that these things that these different people are saying about me have to be true. Because five, three to five different people cannot, that who are not in the same room at the same time 
and have not had the same experiences with me cannot say the same thing simultaneously. Once you're able to get that data from those that are close to you, you have something to work with. Moving on to phase two. Phase two is a self-discovery phase. And here in this phase, it is important to filter and question the who, what, when, where, why of the experiences so you are actively able to redefine yourself. One of the exercises that is in this phase is, again, acknowledge and accept your maladaptive behavior. So we ended phase one with this part. So now you have to acknowledge them, say, okay, these are things that I didn't know about myself, or maybe you do know about yourself, but now you're taking ownership of it and saying, all right, I have a poor attitude. You know, the way that I talk to people is very rude, very disrespectful. The way that I show up in the world is not really how I want people to view me as, right? So in the self-discovery phase, you are becoming aware of why you have behaved the way that you have behaved. A great exercise that you can use to help you with this is the T-chart as exercise. And what it simply is, is that you take a sheet of paper. It can be a capital T or lowercase t, whatever your preference is. But what this does is give you a division from left to right. And you can create several t-charts you can create a t-chart on your pros and your cons your strengths and your weaknesses you can even create a t-chart on the things that you have experienced in your life and put that in a pro and con breakdown overall what it is that you want to do here with this t-chart is figure out your strengths and weaknesses on an emotional mental and physical level Step two in phase two of the self-discovery journey is detachment. You want to begin to detach yourself from those negative, unfortunate series of events that you have experienced in your life. You see, you've lived your life thus far with those things defining you. I'm this way because of ABC. I do this because of XYZ. However, that's not really who you are. You have been in a reactive state your whole life, reacting to something that has happened to you. So in this step, I want you to ask yourself, who would I be had, not, had I not experienced those experiences? Write it down. Don't leave any details out. Literally, give yourself time to think about this. So I kind of just gave you the last step of this phase, which was write it out. <laughs> However, it's, vet, it's vital that you do write it out, write it out so that you can see the difference of who you currently are versus who you really want to be. And it's not to make up some facade or character per se, but it's the opportunity for you to define yourself for you. See, if you had the opportunity and the choice to, what would you have done in your life? How would you have raised yourself to be as an adult? What would you have done in your life as a child to ensure that you are this type of person in your life? 
you were never given that opportunity to figure it out but now you have the opportunity so write it out make it plain Moving on into the last phase, which is phase three, and that is thriving in your God-given purpose. In this phase, there are a series of questions. So jumping into it, question number one is why were you created? To answer this question and the questions to come, I have a list of scriptures to help give a spiritual edification. So why were you created? Well, let's find out. I have here my notes, Genesis 2, verses 18 through 24. Now, I'm not going to read all of this scripture to you. Please write it down. Again, this is Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. So for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you a summary of it. But please do make sure you go back and read it so that you are fully aware of what the scripture is talking about. So the summary of Genesis 2 verses 18 through 24 is telling us here that woman was created to be a helpmeet for her husband all right that woman came out of a man and that the two should become one flesh and so the next question becomes but how does two people become one flesh well that takes place when we conceive and give birth unto our children Okay, so it was always meant for a woman to be a wife to her husband and to bring forth his children. So as a wife, what were you created to do? Were you only, you know, created to just have children? No, (laughs) that's a bonus. And that's a part of, you know, sharing your love with your husband, right? However, there were strict guidelines or defined guidelines. duties for a wife and so we find in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 reads wives submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord for the Lord is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body the savior of the body but what does that mean well let me break it down for you because it makes perfect sense had we done it right in this i'm talking to sisters who are single mothers at this point if you're a single woman and you don't have children yet take heed to this had we done things correct and have followed the word line upon line we would have saved ourselves and our bodies in a way that we wouldn't have children by multiple different men, right? Unfortunately, a woman cannot do what a man does. When a woman shares herself with a man, rather it's her husband or another man, she loses her virtue. We take on the DNA of the man that we are with. It doesn't happen that way for men. Men are able to sleep with different women and not say that they don't get, uh, what is it, the um, soul ties. Not saying that men don't create soul ties. However, they don't take on the DNA markers of the women that they sleep with. Women take on the DNA markers of the men that we sleep with. And if we're sleeping with them unprotectedly, no protection so when a man ejaculates into a woman his sperm or his sperm 
mints with that bone marrow, all right? And so this instance, when we're reading the scripture that the husband is the savior of the body, it, it, it makes so much sense as to the importance of having a husband remaining in that marriage, long suffering, and staying committed to seeing that marriage to the end because we have to protect our virtue. So another scripture I have here is 1 Timothy 5 and 14, and it reads, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Whoa, that is a mouthful. This is giving us our duties or responsibilities in a nutshell. However, it's the latter end that had me choked up the most because how many times have our women cut down a man with our tongue, right? The word tells us to not speak reproachfully, to not give occasion to the adversary. See, the most high knew that we would have problems with controlling our emotions, which is why the commandment to a man is to love his wife, whereas the commandment to a wife is to submit yourself unto your husband. Women are not commanded to love because we are wired with our emotions, and men are more logical. However, because a woman can be so emotional, we run the risk of tearing down the very household that we have built within the words that we speak. So it's very important to understand how we are expected to operate, how we are expected to conduct ourselves as our true intent as a woman. All right. This is our first purpose. Yeah, we have other parts to us. However, If we don't master the first things, we can't necessarily graduate to the next thing. The next question is, what are your God-given gifts or talents? Now, I know you are waiting for this, so here it is. I'm going to break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. All right, (laughs) let me break this down for you. Romans chapter 12 verses 5 through 13. Now again, this is a hefty piece of meat right here. So I'm not going to read it all for the sake of time. So please write it down. It's Romans chapter 12 verses 5 through 13. But I will give you a summary. So here in this chapter, we find there are a few gifts made mention here. So we read in verse 7 that there's a gift of teaching. In verse 8, there's a gift of exhortation, the gift of giving, and the gift of being a leader. Verse of 13, there's a gift of hospitality. Another scripture reference that we can look into to further break down the gifts is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. The overview of the gifts in this chapter are as follows. So we see in verse 8, There's a gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. In verse 9, there's a gift of healing. In verse 10, there's a gift of working miracles, a gift of prophecy, a gift of discerning spirits, 
and a gift of tongues, which is languages, and also the gift of interpretation of those languages. Having said all of this, these are some things for you to sit down with yourself and consider. What are your spiritual gifts? What is it that you have done your whole life without even doing and have been an inspiration to people, have been um, a help to others? See, the reality that we are not taught is that we are here to serve each other. We're not just here to live our best life and then die. No, quite honestly, we are here to that dash that's in the middle between our born date and the date that we do die is our audition for the kingdom. So it will make so much sense for us to be aware of what our spiritual purpose is and what our spiritual gifts are and tie that in into our authentic selves so that we're able to live our life with our God-given purpose fulfilled. Whatever you have been doing this far in your life, know that you do not have to accept what you have been accepting. You should always seek to become a better version of yourself. Understand that if your flesh is driving, your spirit is in the backseat. The purpose of this podcast and anything that I do is to help my sisters heal break their generational curses, learn their God-given purpose, and grow in Christ. I want you to understand how important it is to have your spirit be in the driver's seat and your flesh in the back seat. So just know that wherever you are, you don't have to be there. It's all a choice. Know that you are not alone and that you do have a sister here to be there with you. I do offer one-on-one virtual meetings. So if you are in need of some advice or some clarity, feel free to reach out to me. I also have created a triple A guide for my sisters to use to begin this process at their own pace, all right? When done correctly, this is a 90-day process for you with 30-day increments or sections or parts that you will focus on. So if you're interested in getting that guide, be sure to go to my website to register for the download. And if you have any questions, again, feel free to email me. into today's episode and sharing your time with me. I truly appreciate you. Listen, I want to know what your thoughts are. What was your aha moment? Or what are the things that you're reconsidering? Better yet, what are you inspired to change and or do differently? Let me know your thoughts. Send me a DM. You can find me on Instagram at fiercelymadelifestyle underscore. And you can also send me an email if you prefer at info.fiercelymade at gmail.com. Now, before I let you go, I want to let you know this because it's very important that you know that I am rooting for you. I'm rooting for you to be bold in your pursuit towards your spiritual growth. And until next time, peace and blessings.